Is it time to move on from Yegor Sharangovich? And what was he able to do during this past year? And also, Travis Green is set to join the coaching staff for the Devils organization, as opposed to Sergey Breland filling in the role for Andrew Burnett. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. I hope you had a fun yet safe Father's Day. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a player that is not all that spectacular, but still remains a fan favorite, a mundane, a diamond in the rough, a player who's not a threat to score every game, but when he does score, it's electrifying, it's fun, it gets the fans on their feet, and a player where if he is good, he's damn good, and that is Yegor Sharangovich. Now, we're going to focus on Sharangovich's season, and then we're going to talk about his future with the organization, and then to round it all off in segment three, we're going to talk about a coaching staff hire by the New Jersey Devils organization, and it was a surprising move, but a move that I could still get behind by. Now, that's a little later. Let's talk about Sharon Govich. Now, why are we talking about Yegor in today's episode? Well, according to James Nichols of New Jersey Hockey Now, he recently tweeted out and said that according to a report, New Jersey Devils and Yegor Sharon Govich may be headed for a breakup as his name is heating up on the trade market. Okay, so once again, we'll talk about the trade circumstance for Yegor Sharangovich in the second segment. But for now, let's just reflect on his season. Because like I said, Sharangovich is sort of in that happy medium amongst the devil's discourse. Because on the one hand, he seems to be a fan favorite. I personally love Yegor. I love what he is able to do or what he's capable of doing. But at the same time, he is not all that consistent. And his role seemed to diminish as the year progressed, especially after the Timo Meyer trade. And once again, I had the chance to speak with Sharon Govich just a few weeks ago. So we're definitely going to incorporate some sound bites. Okay, let's start off with his season in general. So Sharon Govich appeared in 75 games. He had 13 goals, 17 assists for a grand total of 30 points. Now, here's the thing. Sharon Govich seems to have taken a step backwards compared to last year because during the 2021-2022 season, he appeared in 76 games. He had 24 goals, 22 assists for a grand total of 46 points. And then in his rookie season during the 2021-56 game COVID-shortened year, he appeared in 54 games, had 16 goals, 14 assists for a grand total of 30 points. So throughout Sharon Govich's career, we've always had somewhat moderate expectations for him because after his first season, he was getting a lot of electrifying goals. He was definitely exciting to watch. Remember what his first career goal was. It was a game-winning goal against the Boston Bruins, and that definitely put Sharon Govich's name on the map. But then coming year two, he took a couple steps backwards, and I think that mostly had to do with the fact that he lost a couple of his linemates. So obviously 
Uh, Yanni Kwokanen, he was pretty much a non-factor on the Devils roster. Jack Hughes, he got hurt. And people were like, okay, it's a sophomore year slump. Let's see what he can do in year three. And unfortunately, it's more or less the same because moderate expectations. And unfortunately, Sharon Govich fell short of him. Now, he did do a lot of good things. And we'll talk more about that in segment two. But let's focus on some key areas that I want to highlight. So when looking at plus minus, this might surprise a lot of you, but Sharon Govich, in my eyes, is dead last amongst the Devils roster. Now, when I say in my eyes, when looking at the list of players on the Devils roster for plus minus, Sharon Govich theoretically is actually second last on the roster with a plus minus of minus three. And the person below him is Alexander Holtz with a plus minus of minus six. Ahead of him is Tice Thompson, but Thompson has only appeared in two games. Curtis Lazar has appeared in four. Lazar ranks 28th. Then you got someone like Andreas Johnson, 27th on the team, but obviously Johnson was dealt away at the trade deadline for the Timo Meyer sweepstakes. And Johnson was pretty much a non-factor during his final year with the Devils organization because, as you guys recall, he cleared waivers a couple times and he was mostly playing in Utica. Timo Meyer had a plus minus of zero. Luke Hughes had a plus minus of zero. So just putting that out there in my eyes, I think Sharon Govich, just given the amount of games he's appeared in, he has the worst plus minus amongst all the Devils players who appeared in, I would say, at least 20 games because someone like Timo Meyer, he appeared in 21 games. Then someone like Alexander Holtz, only 19 games. Tice Thompson, two. Curtis Lazar, four. And so on. So the fact that Sharon Govich it had the worst plus minus in my eyes on the Devils roster, it goes to show you that his impact is not all that great. And when also looking at another stat, which is point share, because the thing about Sharon Govich is that he is obviously a big offensive player. Unfortunately, he ranked 16th on the team with a point share of 2.1. So when I talk about Sharon Govich taking a couple steps backwards, I think it, it was really on full display during the course of this year because, like I said, Jack Hughes is fully healthy, and unfortunately he wasn't able to thrive in that sort of circumstance. And it just seemed like Sharon Govich, he was very inconsistent throughout the course of the year. Now, one of the big X factors that I always have on Sharon Govich is that obviously Jack Hughes can thrive without him. Now, the, on the flip side of that, can Sharon Govich thrive without Hughes? And the answer to that is no. It didn't seem like Sharon Govich, he's listed as a center, didn't seem like he could command his own line, didn't seem like he can make the players around him better. And obviously, since his plus minus was pretty bad and his point share was not in a good place, you really see the struggles that Sharon Govich had throughout the course of the year. And obviously, people are a little more forgiving for Sharon Govich. And I could back some people up, but we all love Sharon Govich. We want to see him thrive. We want to see him do well because he's a fan favorite for a reason because when he's good, he's really good. You see that potential. You see that just uh, impact of him possibly taking his game to another level, but it's just wildly inconsistent. Now, I want to compare him to another player, which is Dawson Mercer, because the argument can be made that maybe if you put Sharon Govich alongside Hughes, maybe Sharon Govich will thrive. Well, like I just said moments ago, Sharon Govich didn't really take full grasp of the opportunity when he was paired alongside Hughes. And then for someone like Dawson Mercer, obviously he was utilized as a bottom six player early on in the year. His numbers weren't all that good. 
and people are like, look, Mercer has that potential, but you have to give him a bigger role. You have to give him a bigger chance. And what was that statement game for Mercer? It was that game against the Carolina Hurricanes in Raleigh in January because that really highlighted the capabilities of Dawson Mercer, and he was given a bigger chance. He was paired alongside Nico Heischer. He goes on a point streak. He goes on a goal streak. And Mercer looked to be like a, another offensive weapon that the Devils weren't utilizing correctly. And it's a good thing they were able to get the most out of them come midseason because Mercer was a huge X factor for the Devils because obviously he's not the main goal getter, but you can still use his skill set. And for someone like Sharon Govich, it's just like, when he's given that chance, when he's paired alongside someone like Jack Hughes, it's like sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. You need to capitalize on that chance. Now, Amanda Stein, during the exit interviews, had the chance to ask Yegor, like, how did he feel like he was utilized throughout the season? How did he feel like the season went on his perspective? Here's what he had to say. Yeah, season not gone like I want to go, but I will work on my like stuff on the summer, this summer, and I will change it my like, preseason workouts, like on ice work too, because you know a lot of guys gone, like maybe on a different level, and mm -hmm. a lot of like, a couple guys new in the team, and maybe because my ice time a little bit gone down, and my role is a little bit changed. Oh, it's just really it's good experience, you know, and I will just change it my workout because I think we need to skate faster like more when the battles in the corners like all this stuff and I will work on this on the summer okay so there's two things I want to highlight from that soundbite which is one his role because he said that his role was constantly shifting and the other he wants to skate fast okay so his role was shifting I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard sometimes it was hard for him to find some comfortability. Sometimes it was hard for him to get into a groove, but you have to be adaptable and you have to be able to work with what you're being given because the reason why Mercer was able to get that bigger role was because he was able to make the most out of a not so good situation and have that breakout game. And that really turned a lot of heads on the bench saying, wait a minute, Mercer deserves a bigger role. He deserves a bump of his minutes. He deserves better line mates. And that's what happened, and the rest is history. For Sharon Govich, I get it. Sometimes when you're not playing on the best of lines, sometimes it's just not there. But the common denominator throughout at least the first half of the year was that we talked a lot about the top six players. We talked a lot about the BMW line. But what was that one line that would always go silent, that line that had little to no impact, especially during the Devils' 13-game win streak? I'm not saying that they were – a no factor whatsoever. Sometimes they had their games, but the line that was given the least amount of attention and for good reason was that third line that Sharon Govich was on. And it was because they didn't really do all that much because obviously top six, you got players like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer doing their thing and commanding their lines to success. That BMW line was a huge X factor for the devils, but that third line was just the line that was never really talked about. So when looking at his role, I think Sharon Govich was given a, a, a few roles to try to thrive in. He was given a winger position next to Jack Hughes. That didn't work out. He was given a, a chance to try to lead his own line as the third center, but obviously that didn't work out either. So my thing for Sharon Govich is I'm not trying to crap on him, and we're going to talk more about this momentarily in the second segment. 
He's done a lot of good things, but at the same time, that consistency just wasn't there. And you see it in his numbers, and that's why his numbers have continued to dip these last few years. And also, it's one of the reasons why he had one of the worst plus-minus outcomes on the Devils roster. Now, we talked about the bad. We're going to talk about the good momentarily and where I see Sharon Govich best fit on the roster, or maybe it's time to move on from him. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know which part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so let's highlight some of the good that Sharon Govich has done on the roster. So one of the things I want to give Sharon Govich credit for is that he is a capable goal getter. And we saw this uh, especially Last year, even though he took a couple steps backwards, he was still close to getting 30 goals because he finished off with 24 goals and 22 assists. Nothing spectacular, but given the fact that he was able to put up 30 points and 54 game appearances his first year in the league, and now that he he only had 46 points and 76 game appearances, I think people were expecting just a little bit more from him. But the name of the game for him is that he is able to score and he can sometimes be that huge spark plug that the Devils sometimes needed. I, a game that I can recall to on November 17th against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Sharon Govich scored the game-winning goal in overtime to keep the Devils' win streak alive. Obviously, that's one of the examples that comes to mind when I'm thinking of memorable plays by Yegor this year. And he is that spark plug player, once again, that the Devils could have utilized. And The one thing I want to talk about for Sharon Govich is that going back to the first segment, he says he wants to be able to skate a little fast. Honestly, I don't think his skating is the problem. It didn't look like he was ever slow or or things in that regard. He was actually a very decent skater for the Devils. And I think that's one of the reasons why Lindy Ruff would sometimes utilize him. Because when people some were asking Ruff, like, why are you putting Sharon Govich into the lineup for this particular game? He was like, because Sharon Govich can provide some speed. And we kind of need this in this sort of circumstance. And then uh, something else that Sharon Govich is also able to do is that he's able to play some big minutes on the penalty kill. And the Devils had one of the best penalty killing units throughout the entire NHL this season. So that's one of the things that I want to uh, highlight for Sharon Govich, which is he's still a pretty decent player. He's not spectacular, but he does have some upside. He does have some potential. Now, I had the chance to ask Sharon Govich, like, what does he want to work on in terms of just being a little bit more consistent? Because I think that's the big word that Sharon Govich needs to highlight, which is the the contributions are there sometimes, but it's wildly inconsistent. Here's what he had to tell me. Obviously, we were able to see you uh, play effective minutes on the penalty kill, and at times we were able to see you score 
uh, and contribute to this team. What are you hoping to add uh, come next year? Because uh, similar to what you just mentioned about uh, sometimes the playing time wasn't on a consistent basis. Yeah, I played a lot in the PK and I think coaches like it my job in the PK because and we're in a good spot like a team and a PK, I know, maybe top eight yeah. I know, in the season and it's good in the playoff except like first couple game, games against Rangers and I will just wor work harder in the summer and want to score more goals. <laughs> okay, so when going back to the reports that Sharon Govich might be dealt away, I would like to say that I would want Sharon Govich to remain on the roster, but here's the facts, which is similar to Mackenzie Blackwood's situation, what opportunity is Sharon Govich going to be given in order to utilize his skill set? Because when looking at like the line combinations for the Devils, here's one from round two, game two against the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, you got the top six players in Tatar, Heischer, and Brat, then Hala, Hughes, and Palat. Then you have someone like Timo Meyer, Michael McLeod, Dawson Mercer, Miles Wood, Curtis Lazar, and Nathan Bastian. So let's just pretend that Miles Wood most likely won't be on the roster come next year, and Lazar sort of slides into that position. And just for clarity's sake, I'm going to pretend that Tatar is also not going to be on the roster come next year. I don't know what the circumstance is going to be, if we can afford him or not, or what teams might be interested in him. But just to be safe, I'll say that Tatar won't be on the roster come next year. Worst comes worst. And I still don't see Ruff using Sharon Govich to fill the shoes of Tatar. I think that would be a huge ask for Sharon Govich to do come the first game of the season. Okay, so you, you replace Wood with McLeod, and that opens up a center position. But like I said, Sharon Govich, it, he didn't really oppress me when he was uh, playing center for the Devils this year on the bottom six. It, it just wasn't there at times. And I think he's better utilized as a winger, given the fact that his numbers kind of improve when he's with Hughes. But the one thing I also want to factor in is that you got some other players to bring up and they need to be given a chance in order to showcase their skill set. Because a couple days ago, during one of his recent media availabilities, Tom Fitzgerald hinted at the fact that maybe Nolan Foote will be given a bigger chance to see what he could do at the NHL level. Then you got to factor in someone like Alexander Holtz, Griziuk. There's so many players behind Sharon Govich that I would like to say sit here and say that I want to bring back Sharon Govich. But the thing is, is that, is that the Devils are trying to compete. They're trying to make it back to the playoffs and make a deeper run. If the Devils were rebuilding, I would say keep Sharon Govich because – he might turn into something special. He might blossom into a better player. And he's still relatively young. He's only 25 years old. And he's only been in the league for three years. And like I said, he's a mundane. He's a diamond in the rough. He's never a threat to score. But when he's able to do so, and when he's hot, he's really hot. He's able to go on point streaks. He's able to sometimes get two goals a game, whatever the case might be. He's a very exciting player, and I don't want to take that away from him. But... I just don't think the opportunity is going to be here for Sharon Govich to develop his game. I think it kind of, he'll always be sort of second fiddle in that regard. And I don't think that's fair for him. I don't think that's fair for his development. And quite honestly, I think it's best for the Devils to probably move on from him and see what you could potentially get for him. Now, when looking at Sharon Govich and the trade market, obviously he's an RFA. So um, that, that kind of makes things a little bit more complicated, but 
My thing is, like, if the Devils really wanted to trade away Sharon Govich and get the best uh, deal for him and just try to get something out of it, they really should have traded him at the trade deadline for somebody because obviously Sharon Govich was in the rumors to possibly be a part of the package deal for Timo Meyer. Luckily, the Devils were able to hold on to him and they had another offensive guy to go to in Sharon Govich if, if, if they desperately needed something. But it's the same thing for Severson, which is I think the Devils kind of missed out on their opportunity to trade away Sharon Govich and get something in return that's not a late draft pick because that's all I could see the Devils getting, which is I don't know if Sharon Govich even is going to get them a decent prospect. He might, but it's not going to be a high-end prospect, obviously. And if it's a one-for-one -one type of deal, it might honestly just be a late draft pick because I'm sure there's some rebuilding teams that would like to take a, a, a chance on Sharon Govich because, like I said, he's still young. He's shown glimpses of potential, and he still skates really well. And I think if he has a bigger, consistent role or if he's just paired alongside the right pieces, then maybe you can see that uh, you can see Sharon Govich blossom into something just a little bit better. But given who's in front of him on the Devils roster, given the fact that he is kind of in a bit of a cluster mess in, in amongst a lot of great forwards on this roster, I just don't think the opportunity is going to be here for Sharon Govich. I still love him. I still love him as a player. And like I said, I would like to bring him back, but it's just one of those business decisions that Fitzgerald's going to have to make. So that's my two cent opinion on uh, Yegor Sharon Govich, which is he did have an inconsistent year. He's taken a couple steps backwards and he's just been inconsistent. And sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, but I like him. I think he's a, he's a cool personality and I think he's a pretty cool player to have on the roster, but those are just my opinions on him. Uh, I would wish him the best if he's dealt away, but I can understand why some teams are messaging for him because he definitely does scream like a project or potential, maybe nothing spectacular, but still someone who can put up that solid scoring. Okay. To close out this show, let's talk about Travis green and him joining the New Jersey Devils organization. So it was revealed today that Green will be taking the place of Andrew Burnett because, as you guys know, uh, Burnett is heading to the National Predators to become their head coach. And a lot of rumors were circulating saying that it might have been Sergey Breland to possibly uh, take the role of Andrew Burnett because uh, Andrew Burnett gave high praise towards Breland and he's won stanley cups while as a player with the devil's organization he knows it like it's the back of his hand i was just thinking like it has to be breland right nope it's going to be travis green filling in the shoes for Burnett. so we'll talk about that momentarily but on this show i don't think i've ever expressed my opinions on Burnett leaving the devil's organization i talked about it on devil's state of mind podcast with neil villapiano and i never really got around to sharing my thoughts on my show so here's my brief two-cent opinion on Burnett leaving, which is I'm kind of disappointed, to be honest. I really wanted Burnett to possibly stay with the Devils organization. I thought he was ready to become a head coach, but obviously Lindy Ruff was able to lead the Devils and surpass expectations. So I was like, Lindy Ruff will leave the Devils organization when Lindy Ruff wants to leave. And I'm sure a lot of teams were yearning for Andrew Burnett just because, let's face it, he was able to take control of the Florida Panthers in the midst of a huge scandal that involved Joe Quinville 
and his past history with the Chicago Blackhawks. And still, the Panthers were able to become President Trophy winners, and they were able to reach the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then when he comes to the Devils organization, people were anticipating for Ruff to be fired early on, and people were just like, we could sleep well at night knowing we have Brunette in the pipeline. So it was to be expected, quite honestly, because I'm sure Brunette is definitely a a, a high selling point for a lot of teams, and they wanted to pursue him. And I'm happy that he's going to be given his opportunity to go back to Nashville and actually become a coach this time around. Because as you guys know, Andrew Burnett does have a past history with the Nashville Predators. He's a former player with them. So uh, best of wishes to Burnett. Disappointed, but kind of expected. And hopefully he is able to do good things with the Predators. Now for the Travis Green situation, as we all know, he used to be the head coach for the Vancouver Canucks, and he was actually able to lead them to the second round during the 2020 bubble season in which uh, they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights and they finished third in the Pacific. But his time with Vancouver was not all that memorable because in uh, 314 games coach, he had 133 wins, 147 losses, and he was fired during the 2021-2022 season after only coaching 25 games into that campaign. Now, here's the thing. I know people might look at the record and say, like, Green is not a good coach. If he ever does take over for Ruff, if that time comes, then he'll never uh, he'll never amount to anything, whatever the case might be. Well, here's the thing. Green wasn't exactly given a good team in Vancouver, and we know how the Vancouver Canucks organization rolls with all due respect. So I think this was actually a solid pickup. Was it something I was expecting from Tom Fitzgerald? No, because the rumors were that Travis Green was mulling between the Calgary Flames, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and ultimately he decided to settle with the Devils organization. So I'm curious to see how Green would hypothetically do. If Ruff is like, if Ruff decides to retire after two years, whatever the case might be, and Green is still with the organization, I would be curious to see how Green would lead a Devils team because it's just like, he wasn't really given a fair chance with Vancouver. Like I said, he was able to lead them to the second round of the playoffs during the 2020 bubble season. So that's something to take note of. But at the end of the day, it's not something I anticipated, but it's something I could get behind. And Fitzgerald has been making the right moves during his entire tenure as general manager. So I'm not going to question him in this regard. And I think if Green is given a fair shot, I think he can definitely do some good things. And also worth mentioning, he previously coached the Utica Comets, which at the time was Vancouver's top minor league affiliate. So he does have some history with the Utica Comets, obviously before they were affiliated with the New Jersey Devils. So fun fact for you right there. So I'm sad that Andrew Burnett left the Devils weeks ago, happy for his opportunity. And I'm excited to see what Travis Green can do with the Devils organization and the power play for the Devils, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be talking about this for Burnett and things of that nature. When Burnett was with the Devils, the power play, it did get better, but it was still anywhere from, I would say, average to mediocre. It was nothing spectacular. Power play was still one of the weaknesses for the Devils throughout their historical season. So putting that out there, not trying to take anything away from Burnett, but for anyone who says like, oh, the, will the power play improve or will the power play still be this or that? Just remember, it was never really all that great. It was it was an Achilles heel for the Devils this year. But those are my thoughts. So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. 
What are your thoughts on Yegor Sharangovich? Do you like him? Do you want him to remain with the organization? Do you think he should be traded away? And also, what are your thoughts on Travis Green? And what are your expectations since he is now with the Devils coaching staff? And what do you think of the coaching staff in general? So once again, leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.